Gail and Matt here. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch us, search YouTube for Yale Matt Recap Stuff. Enjoy the show. Black Christmas, I gave you my heart, my hand, my hand, my arm. Black Christmas. Welcome to Yell Matt Recap Stuff. We're wearing Christmas shirts. If you're watching the video I'm on YouTube, I'm wearing a Hanukkah shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing a Life Day shirt. It's an obscure reference from the Star Wars holiday special, which doesn't ref- reference faster, Christmas. Faster, faster, Matt. References Life Day, Breathe. which is a Wookiee-based holiday. Yeah, watch it on YouTube. It is a it's a big waste of an hour and a half, but it's bizarre. So you watch it twice. Drink some hard eggnog twice for research purposes. Yeah, and spending time for purposes. Yes, I wrote a very funny article. Search uh, thehardtimes.net Chewbacca's son, and then you'll read it and laugh and laugh. Ha ha ha! So we talked about. Christmas! We're talking about the movie Black Christmas, 1974. Classic that a lot of movies were inspired by and pulled from and get referenced in very... Really good movie. Smart movies like Scream. We watched it. It's on Amazon Prime, I think. The movie came out in 1974. Yeah, like I said two minutes ago. Really? Yeah. I wasn't listening. Yeah, that happens a lot. (laughs) um... I'm sorry. You're talking too fast sometimes. Yeah. Well, the movie starts off with the point of view of uh, the person that will turn out to be a killer lurking in a sorority house outside. It's nighttime. He begins climbing up this ladder. It's attached to the garden up into the attic, which is filled with spider webs. But you don't see any spiders because they don't always hang out in the webs. Cause do, you, do you want me to go? Traps. Do you want me to go? Spider webs are traps. You don't know why that there's spider webs in I said that already, and oh, we said, we had hey. to, this is our second time recording. Yeah, because you almost a, died. I had a coffee fit. Yeah, so. disgusting one. So it was the beginning. Anyway, we talked about the fact that there are a lot of like spider webs in Halloween or in attics in horror movies or in basements, but there are not enough spiders and. Uh, the, so the spider webs are extremely big, and it's like if it's not Spider Man, I don't think the real Spider. Well, can see, do spider that. webs are traps. They're not hangouts for spiders. They're traps. Have that, you ever been in an attic or a basement with yeah. spiders and spider webs? Yes. You can see them in the corners. Yeah, I know, but you don't see the spiders hanging out in them because they wait until a fly or a bug is yeah, stuck in them. Yeah, but you can see them. And then they go in. So back to the, the movie. She grew up in. A, so a creepy village. So you see the point of view of this guy, and then there's a people are having a party. There's guys and gals in very seventies regalia, unlike The Conjuring, which wasn't seventies enough because it was filmed in the two thousands. <laughs> but this movie, uh, I has, could believe them that it's the seventies. Takes place in the seventies. It was filmed in the seventies. They got the seventies Jufro guy down pat. So this guy talks about how he's going to be Santa the next day at this charity event they're doing for underprivileged kids. And meanwhile, the Prowler has made his way into the attic. And they get a phone call. And it's for Barb, who's the head bitch of the household. And it's her mom. She can't hear her, so she goes in the other room. And she says, you know what? i got to kick all these men out of the house anyway. 
Boys, it's time to go. Talks to the mom. No, I'm not drinking that much. I'm fine. Blah, blah, blah. Still is drunk. Long all the movie. They're talking about making plans for the holidays. People are going home for Christmas. It's nearing. And the, um, all the guys leave. Then another girl gets a phone call. And she announces to the rest of the sorority, it's him again. The moaner. Oh, I didn't say it. So they're answering the phone in a very 70s way. That you can believe that this is the 70s. It's not like, hey, hello. It's like, hello? Hello? People talk differently then. They didn't know who hello? was calling. Hello? They didn't know who was calling. Yeah. So. Um, they were extremely surprised by the phone call. Hello? Yeah. So. There's someone on the other side. So it's the moaner. And he starts getting real vulgar real early in the movie. Let me lick your pretty pink cunt. Uh. <laughs> Barbara starts talking back to her. He says, I could come and kill you. And hangs up. And the girls tell Barb she shouldn't provoke the guy because there was a town girl that was raped last week. And then they start saying some very not flattering things about how towny girls can't be raped or something terrible. It's even more terrible taken in the present day context. Hashtag me too. First of all, college kids and town people don't always get along. There's 32 colleges in Boston. College kids can be annoying, but I was one once for several years. You were one once one for a few hours. So, Months. you know. <laughs> so, um, Claire, who is the a young girl there, Barb kind of picks on her a little bit. And so she goes upstairs to pack to go home for the holidays to her fluffy cat whose name is Claude, which is kind of a nice name for a cat. Is it her cat? No, it's the I think it's the house no, I think it's the house cat. The so house she's up there with the cat hanging out. She takes clothes out of the closet and then there's a man hanging out, hiding behind the clothes. And he's behind specifically a plastic bag that's used for dry cleaning. Which reminded me of the scene of uh, the I remember what you did last summer. Did I say it right? No. Oh my god. I know what you did I last summer. I know what you did last summer. It's so though. When Sarah, Sarah Michelle Geller is like standing and there's like a lot of like nylons and the killer is under one of the nylons. So you see the killer like through a nylon so it's kind of weird. You see his hand. You're like, oh my god. So it is like. So meanwhile downstairs the sorority mother comes home who is an adult that lives there and kind of keeps in charge of things. Her name is Mrs. Mack. She comes in with a big bundle of gifts for everyone and they, they start opening it, making a big fuss and talking loudly while Claire is upstairs being strangled with the dry cleaning bag. And then the guy takes her body upstairs into the attic, up the ladder. And in one of the recurring scenes from the movie, Mrs. Mack takes booze that is hidden in a book on a shelf and chugs it in the other room, despite the fact that there is a full bar at the party and there's booze in the house. Maybe she's just hiding it from the kids. And uh, Yeah, she doesn't want them to know that she's an alcoholic. Yeah. And then there's another girl who gets a phone call. Her name is Jess. She has kind of a weird accent. It sort of sounds a little British at times. She gets a call from Peter and... Just wants to talk to her about something in person, so you know things are serious. Maybe she wants to break up with them. Usually, it's like, no, I don't want to talk to you about something in person, and then it's something good. Yeah, and then he tells her, "I love you," and she's like, "I know." I know. 
<laughs> and it was so mad because that's his line. I said that he once. He said that once in a very not cool way. Yeah, well, you were annoying me. And so I said I know. Because I he did. still regrets it, so... No, I stand by it. Because why regret? Why live life with regrets? Get out. It becomes, <laughs> it's become a good inside yeah, joke it for is. us. Yeah. So... Um, so Mrs. Yeah, Mac, I know he loves me anyway. Mrs. Mac takes booze out of a toilet <laughs> that is uh, very dirty. In the back of the toilet. Yeah, how do you call it? She drinks yeah, that, yeah. the tank of the toilet, yeah. and uh, and she starts drinking that while brushing her teeth, and it's it's sherry, by the way. <laughs> and uh, really? yeah, Jess knocks on Claire's door, and she's in a rocking chair upstairs and then her old bald man is waiting for her daughter on campus to bring her home who looks just like Ned Flanders it's really cute if he's bald Ned Flanders is not bald yeah he has glasses like the, the glasses and the mustache oh hey young man can you <laughs> yeah I just thought about that he does he does like... talk to a, a, a young man Luckily, who is not very polite to him and I think the uh, kids throw a snowball and her dad knock him down. So it's Claire's dad. And then um, then the next day, we got like Jew Fro Santa. He is very annoyed and vulgar <laughs> while kids are sitting on his lap calling his girlfriend a bitch. And then uh, Claire is disappointed at the atmosphere, gives his opinion of this to Mrs. Mack. She says, uh, well, Claire is probably at the... He says that about the house, the sorority house. There's booze and posters that are inappropriate on the wall. College girls being college girls in the 70s. Yeah, Barb gives a kid drink from her wine. Yeah. Like, but this is at a separate time. So Mrs. Max says that... The same party. No, but they haven't gone to the party yet. They're, mm. He's at the house. So Mrs. Max says she's probably at the party and she'll give him a ride there. After elaborately trying to hide the fact that there's a bear ass and as a peace sign on a poster or something, the dad sees it. There's some funny moments in this. Yeah. And the killer is looking out at this the whole time. And then we see Jess and Peter meeting. And she tells Peter she's pregnant, but she doesn't want to keep the baby. She wants to have an abortion. And he's so mad at her. Yeah. Like, no, you're always, always consider yourself, which I think that yourself, it's, yeah, that's like the most part that should be considered, the mother. Yeah. She doesn't want to ruin her hips or her... It is a woman's choice. And, it, and so Peter's playing the piano, he's very, he's practicing for this recital for his piano class he's in or something. And, uh, and then later, Jess gets another dirty phone call. Claire's dad goes with two of the girls to the police department. Uh, and that's where when I learned a new word. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. And the guy working the desk is a bit of a dick. And he tells Barb to shut up a few times and says that Claire is probably out with a boy. But they leave the phone number, and Barb gives the phone number. And back in the 70s, they were like, this is before area codes and stuff, so they used extensions. And she gives her the house number and says it's extension fellatio and spells it to her. And I had to explain what fellatio is. I didn't know. So if you don't know what fellatio is, it it's is... Oral sex. Yeah. Yes. Sucking a dick. 
because cunnilingus is oral sex, also a big word. But where, where did it come from? And that from? means licking a pink cunt. Where did... <laughs> Italy, where? it sounds like it comes from Italy. Felicio. Felicio! <laughs> oh my god. So did very well. Jesse, Jess goes to find Claire's hockey goalie boyfriends to see if they're together. And funny fact, he was wearing a fur coat. Yeah, he looked a very big very one. stylish. Yeah, it's a Russian coat. He wasn't wearing Russian... a fur coat while they were playing hockey, by the oh, way. Oh no, when he left, but that coat in Russian called Shuba. And Shuba. Shuba. And it's a funny fact that I read after that we watched the movie. So this coat is still, till today, in his closet. Ooh. Which is cool, yeah. And then, uh... Expensive Peter struggles through his piano exam as this looming abortion is on his head. And then a mom reports a 13-year-old girl missing at the police station. Claire comes in angry about... Uh, not Claire. Someone comes in asking... Uh, maybe Claire's boyfriend. Oh, yeah, her dad comes in. No, it's actually... I think it's Barb angry about whether or not taking her disappointment seriously... Oh yeah, it goes in to talk to the uh, Claire's boyfriend. Okay, I didn't. I wrote Claire. It's Claire's boyfriend. Goes to talk mm. to uh, a detective, or actually a lieutenant, about why they're not taking this disappearance seriously. Apparently, they're friends. Talks to the detective. He knows their uh, dad's. Claire's dad stays for dinner, but isn't hungry. And then drunken Barb tells everyone there's a type of turtle. Species that can screw for three days, and then accuses accuses everyone of blaming her for why Claire is missing. Peter destroys a piano. Oh my! I hate seeing that. And then the the, pianos or like instruments are getting ruined. Well, at least he didn't destroy a dog. Yeah. So the police lead a search. Instruments and dogs. No, don't do that. So the police lead a search party for the thirteen-year-old girl because they're taking that more seriously than the. 18 or 19 year old girl but Claire's dad and boyfriend and the girls from the house they join the search Mrs. Max says she's gonna go get ready to go to her sister's house for the holiday so she drinks and sings and packs and looks for Claude who was last seen in Claire's room before she got suffocated by the way uh, that was the moment that I told you that it reminds me of the gremlins house and then you were like yeah but it happened like years before it was in the 70s and you thought this movie took place in the 80s in the late 80s why because it's really good like, like you don't uh, think 70s movies are good uh, no no i do but but you can feel the like like less technology somehow they did like a really good job with like the scenes and the, the script and it was just like an amazing film like yeah yeah it's elvis's favorite christmas movie he watched it oh yeah year. i said that Mrs. Mack goes through the house looking for Claude, goes up into the attic, and there you see hands holding the back of a, a swing with a big heavy iron hook laying in wait. Mrs. Mack turns, he swings the hook, and it goes up under the soft part of her chin, and he pulls the rope, bringing her up to the, all the way up to the attic, and her cab, who's waiting for her, drives off. And then the killer has a tantrum up in the attic. And the cat is there all the time. In the attic. Was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically not the house cat, it's the killer's cat. 
So the search party resumes outside for the 13-year-old girl. They're around a barrel fire and keeping warm. And they hear a girl scream. So the mom and Claire's dad go to see what happened. My, meanwhile, Jess is still home. She gets another quivering call. I know what you did to me. So she looks for Mrs. Mack. Peter walks down the stairs. No, wait, she's calling the police to tell them to complain about the, the weird phone calls. And then the guy on the phone is like, uh, let me put you um, on hold for a moment. And then she said, okay, but only for a moment. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> That's like number one trick of people. that they Don't tell the police how long you're going to be on hold for. Yeah. So Peter walks down the stairs, kind of scaring her. He was upstairs having a sleep and waiting. And so it. she calls the police about the obscene phone calls. The police department says we're busy. A child has just been murdered. Which police departments are not going to, first of all, give you excuses for why they're busy or tell you about late-breaking news on these cases. Yeah, when, when her boyfriend came in, I... I... And this is the de same desk guy, disc dickhead, so he's not good at his job. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, like, terrible. And, but when her boyfriend came in from the house, it was kind of like, nah, it might be the killer. Then I wrote, uh, I don't think that he's the killer because if he is the killer, it's going to be too obvious and it's going to be boring. So I, I really hope that he's not the killer and there's something else about it. So she he, says, they, they're talking and, you know, he's pestering her, saying that he doesn't want her to get the abortion. He's just going to quit school and they're going to get married. He proposes <laughs> to her by saying he's sick of waiting to take a bath behind six other guys and he's going to quit the conservatory so they can get married but she's like look I don't want to get married to you I don't want to give up on my dreams uh, which is what marriage is and then the lieutenant gives the desktop shit because it's my dream the desktop the desktop tells them that their phone number begins with fellatio and one of the other cops giggles recklessly and Peter gets pissed off and starts smashing Christmas ornaments, calls, calls Jess a selfish bitch and threatens her. And then he walks past the cop with the lieutenant and the girls who were returning to the house after the search party ended. And then he gets written permission to put a tap on their phone. The lieutenant investigates the room. He starts asking about this Peter guy that just left. And they get a list of girls who left for the holidays and the phone numbers. And they're like, okay, there's just one phone number here that's been getting the calls. And they said, well, there's another line, but it was, it's, Mrs., it's in Mrs. Mack's room and it hasn't been getting phone calls. So they call the, they phone the paper and they explain the, uh, the process of tapping the phones. And uh, it it's says, super old. It says there's, there's a, a car outside. Yeah, they have to. The phone tapping process is crazy. They have a guy from the phone company that is there, and it becomes a thing. You know, the first time you see movies where phones are tapped in the 80s, and they're trying to trace the call, you learn they have to keep them on the line for a while. And this movie shows the behind the scenes of the interacting of wires at the phone company. It's actually I didn't understand it. It's some complicated yeah. It was very thing. funny to watch it. It was like, uh, find your iPhone, sir. No, they didn't have it. 
Yeah. Yet. And, so, and I, I just realized that technology did so much like bad things to horror movies because now it's so much harder to scare people. Like, oh yeah, I know. It's like easier to find uh, stuff. And my caller ID says vulgar murderer. Yeah. I'm not picking this up. Straight to voicemail. Yeah. So, uh... Not answer. Yeah, and so the people left in the house are Phyllis. Wants to lick the, my cunt. Yeah. Not answer. Phyllis, who is the Jufro guy's girlfriend, and Jess. She's not Jewish, by the way. She looks really Jewish. I know. Very much. She plays a Jewish girl. And so they... And that's why that's she has a gum from home from the holidays. It's presumed. They don't really talk about religion in this, so we're not going to talk about it. So... You're racist. They, they get the whole thing set up. They say there's a cop going to be sitting in his car right there. Peter, who was left, is looming outside in the bushes. Phyllis starts crying that she knows that Claire is dead. Then you go upstairs. You hear the killer mumbling and whimpering and rocking Claire's asphyxiated, still bag over the head body in the chair. When you see Peter outside, it kind of gives you another hint that... He might be the killer. For me, I kept like believe that he's not the killer, and mo mostly hope because I was like, it's still the 70s, and in the 70s they didn't do so much to like surprise the audience, and I was like, oh, it might be like shallow like that. Like, okay, let's give you all the hints that it's gonna be him. Mm. You're gonna know that it's him. And I don't know if I agree. And then with he that said like, yeah, I think that is the killer. The killer. Yeah. So anyway, so Barb walks out. Okay, so Barb is sleeping. She went to bed drunk and angry after talking about turtles screwing for three hours. So the killer sneaks down... Yeah, three days. And then sneaks into Barb's room. Uh, Barb wakes up to a massive asthma attack. And the killer wanders down the hall. Then you have Christmas carolers that come outside the door of the sorority. Christmas carolers are uh, much more popular back in the 70s. No, but the first... Groups of people that would come house to house and sing... And then you open the door and maybe so you've never saw them. Give you some Christmas cheer or something. I don't think I've ever and had money. a Christmas carol come to my house. So they're outside the sorority. Jess opens the door. He kind of enjoys them despite the fact that all this shit is going on in her life. The killer goes into Barb's room, says, It's me, Billy, pretty Agnes. And then starts stabbing her with a glass unicorn figurine. And then an older woman comes. It's a classic horror movie thing where a random character just arrives. Gets the characters to leave and tells them that there's been a murder in the park. And Jess is like, yeah, I know. A cop on the phone just told me that. Oh, by the way, the phone is ringing. So she answers the phone and you got some more whimper screaming. And then... Uh, Hello! And then he starts quoting things that Peter was saying when she's talking about he was talking about her having an abortion and he said it's not just like having a wart removed so he says these exact things which is another reason that I believe that Peter was the killer and so Jess is freaked out it was too obvious that it would be the killer yeah but okay. so anyway Jess confides in Phyllis she thinks it's Peter that's behind all this and then Peter calls as him, not whimpering, that they can't kill the baby. And then they tra they're tracing the call, back in the cop, back in the phone company, trying to figure out who's calling. But it's not long enough. Ugh. Then the lieutenant calls her, 
and asks her, what was that phone call all about? Which is a bit of a busybody invasion of privacy thing. You think of having an abortion there, Jess? What's going on? Yeah, but he had to ask those questions because it was kind of like... A yeah, weird yeah, I guess thing. you're trying to establish like, motive. Okay. So, she asked... The responsible cop. Yeah, and he asks if he was at the house when she received any of the phone calls. And she said, well, yeah, he was actually at the house earlier having a sleep. So it couldn't have been him. And two strange men at, in the search party who were looking for the killer popped by the house. Two clowns. The lieutenant has the, the dean of school called so he could get Peter's records. Phyllis goes to wake Barb. The door shuts behind her. Jess gets a call. There's more screaming on the phone, and it's male and female yelling about Agnes and Billy. They try to trace it, and then the cop tells the lieutenant that the call is coming from their address. And the lieutenant's like, no, it's going to that address. You screwed it up. And he said, no, it's coming from the other line in the house. So like, uh-oh. And that's where you get the classic horror movie. The call is coming from inside the house. They can scream. Yeah. So this is like the first one to do that, which is pretty cool. And they radio to the cop who is outside the house, but he can't receive that radio transmission because... He's dead! How did he die? I killed him. Are you shocked? <laughs> he had a badly slit throat. Yeah. It was pink, his blood. Yes. That was the color back in the 70s of blood. First it was blue and then like pink. And... So what they do now after they can't reach the cop is they... <laughs> the lieutenant asks the inept desk cop to call Jess and tell her that she has to leave the house right away. Don't say anything. Don't go back in the house. Don't do anything. And, so and he... don't tell her that the killer is in the house. <laughs> yeah. And so he calls her. But that's the dumb officer. From and he tells her she has to leave. And of course she resists. Her two friends are upstairs. And, and he finally cracks and says, The calls are coming from inside the house. So she goes in. She starts calling to Agnes. No answer. It's funny. Like, the, call, the calls are from inside the house. So first thing she's doing is going upstairs. Yeah. And so she starts and screaming. And we talked about it already. Yeah, it's a classic. Horror movie. movie don't go upstairs don't no go, matter what. Yeah, get the fuck out. And so she starts screaming to Agnes. And no one's returning her her yells, so she grabs a fire poker, she breaks down Barb's door, sees them both dead, runs for the door, and then it opens in front of her. She runs down to the cellar, another big no-no. Well, here's the thing, the, the front door won't open. Mrs. Oh, yeah. Mac had a problem with it earlier, so they kind of established that it gets stuck sometimes. So she runs down to the cellar, bangs on it, stops, and then she starts exploring the basement and starts hiding. She sees a shape looming and looking out in the window. No, before that, he tried to like open the door after her and she kept it locked and then he just like left. Oh yeah. And then he left, she went downstairs to try to hide and she saw someone is walking outside like a shadow. Yeah. And we assume that it's him. And apparently no. Well, no, we see that it's Peter. Mm -hmm. And Peter asks, in a very calm, 
somewhat detached way. Are you okay? Jess, are you alright? And then he breaks in. He smashes in. He doesn't know that it's Jess down there. He's just lurking around the house and he smashes his way in. Calmly walks up to her. And the police arrive. Screaming is heard. Cops break, break in. It's quiet. They go in and they find Peter bloody on her lap. She's passed out. Claire's dad is there too. He passes out from shock. They leave Jess alone. And the camera behind pans behind the curtain. Yeah, but when you see him dead, you're like, okay, so he's not the killer. Probably. Or, or no, that she killed the, him. Yeah, you thought that she killed him because he was the killer. He was trying to kill her and do harm to her, so she killed him. And then, you know, either he fell on her and she hit her head and passed out, or he killed her and then he died too, or they killed each other yeah. at the same time. So then the camera slowly pans behind a curtain and you hear giggling, oh. muffled. Really? Ring around the rosy, Agnes, it's me, Billy. It was you. Anyway, so next scene, uh, what's your name, Jess? Jess is in bed with the lieutenant and a lot of people like around her bed. And then Claire's dad is passing out. So they're just leaving her there after that trauma. Yeah, they bring her up to the house instead yeah. of bring her to a hospital or something. Mm -hmm. And um, so you hear the, the mumbling and the ring around the rosy after the cops leave. And then it pans out and the ringing phone is heard. And that's it. You don't find out. Who we would the never know. Was. No Black Christmas 2. No, you gotta wait until 2006, right? Because that's when Black Christmas 2 comes out. No, they did a remake. I thought it was called The Return no. of Billy. Really? I thought so. I don't think so. I think it's no. a remake. That's shitty that they remade it. And then it was awesome. I mean, it kind of. I like a movie that doesn't give you all the answers in a way. Steve Martin. It makes you want more. It makes you think about it, and so you're trying to play things out in your head. Yeah. And then one little uh, neat, clever, because I like play on words and stuff like that. The music was by the Counterpoint Sisters. And there's a band called the Pointer Sisters. So I think that's kind of a response to that. And yeah. Black Christmas. Steve, badass Steve, movie. Check it. Steve Martin <laughs> watched it 27 times. And Elvis watched it as a tradition Every Halloween? No, every Christmas. Every Christmas, sorry, every Christmas, yeah. 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 I read it to you, that's my fact. Yeah, then why did you I'll decide that. Up? I will decide what's happening. You don't happened. decide what the I'll Elvis I'll decide what I'm, yeah. And we all love Elvis, so we love the movie. Elvis has a lot of good Christmas songs, too. Really? Yeah. Okay, we're at 30 minutes. Alright. Subscribe! Merry Christmas almost after Halloween. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. You haven't watched the movie if you didn't watch, and if you still want to watch after all those spoilers. Yeah, you should, I mean, whatever, you can, it's good. Yeah. Yell that recap, social media, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram. Instagram, retweet this, like it, post a comment, tell your friend about it, write a review on iTunes, SoundCloud. Yeah. And uh, don't make vulgar phone calls, because it's a lot easier to trace nowadays. Yeah. All right, Felicio. Felicio.